Yokoso, welcome to Amakara Japan. You are tuning in with Yasushi, Michelle, and Steven. We are talking about Japanese news topics that might not hit major international news or headlines. So, you, you enjoy Japan or want to know what's happening here on more of a local level or in depth level of Japan, you've turned into the right podcast. Welcome, Steven, Yasushi. Hello. Today, Yasushi has some questions prepared for Stephen and I that we are the Americans that don't know what's happening in the world, and we're going to use our judgment and ability to see if we can answer the questions about Japan. All right, Yasushi, what questions do you have for us today? Okay, so quiz number one A major economic organization in Japan has opposed. A government's economic policy. And when people heard about this news, a lot of people were just shocked. Like, how can you oppose this government's policy? What was this policy? I'm going to say something about taxation, that they are lowering taxes and people are opposing it, or、no. raising taxes and people are opposing it. <laughs> no, that's a good one, but no. They're going to give out just a lot of free money to people for <laughs> incentives. Like some, like Venezuela or something. Well, I think America did that a while back where everybody got like 800 bucks. Yeah, as an economic boost. They,、uh, everybody,、uh, I think over a certain age, everybody got $800 or $600. When is it like that? A couple of years ago,、yeah. I think so. No, no free money. This has something to do with economic boost. Well, that would be an economic boost. <laughs> yeah, so the answer is. Japanese government is trying to raise minimum wage、um, every year. And they've done this in the past three years. But this major economic organization called the Japan Chamber of Commerce and Industry, which is sort of a representation of small to mid sized businesses in Japan, said they are afraid that the government minimum wage policy might have a seriously negative effect on the small to mid sized companies in Japan. It did in America when they raised minimum wage. A lot of the small companies couldn't afford to pay their employees, so they had to shut down. That's what they are afraid of. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's hard for. I've worked for some small companies and such, and trying to pay minimum wage. And also, they, they had to increase prices on their products, and thus they didn't get as many people coming in to purchase their, their product. Thus, they didn't get the money. So it was just this really horrible cycle and had to, to、yeah. shut down. I mean, I. I think minimum wage is very, very important if the means are there. And I don't, I mean, I know America's capitalistic structure is you know, you increase the minimum wage, which means you're going to increase the product because the people higher above the chains want the, they the profits. The, yeah, they want to keep their millions, <clears throat> millions of dollars. So they're going to make their product cost more. And only the consumer is the one who gets hurt by minimum wage in the end. What, what is Japan's minimum wage right now? The minimum wage is 874 yen. So that's comparable that's, to the US. US. Eight US dollars. Yeah, it's about what the US is in Texas. I think 725, 750 in Texas right now. Something like that.、Yeah. What, what do they propose to raise the minimum wage to? So they're going to raise minimum wage 3% every year until it hits the 1,000 yen per an hour. That seems、uh-huh. reasonable. I mean, that's not too terribly crazy. No. And in fact, 1,000 yen per an hour is not enough to make a decent living in Japan. If you think about you know, 40 hour work week, you know, eight hours a day, five days a week, if you earn only 1,000 yen per hour, your annual income will be 
about 2 million yen. That's an equivalent of 20,000 US dollars. So you're borderline poverty, right? Well, so the issue I have with that is, it's one I have in America as well. When you have minimum wage as your job, that's like starting out. Your goal shouldn't be to live at a minimum, to have a minimum wage job as an adult, as a provider for a family. You should be working and making your way up. And to understand the value of money, I think we all should struggle a little bit because then it makes it more valuable to you. But if all of a sudden you're just having tons of money because you're being paid so much, you're just going to blow it on nonsense and still be in the same position, but probably even with less. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, I, I kind of like the structure that Japan has proposed because I think in America it was, you know, we were at 725 or something like that. And they proposed up to like $10.10, and like just, just a, a very giant jump. And so that was, I think, the state of Washington inherited a law for that. And like the middle-sized small companies suffered because of it. But I like the idea that Japan is kind of thinking the 3% year after year. I mean, granted, it does stop at 1,000 yen or $10 an hour. But I still think that at least it's trying to help those small to mid-sized companies keep up with, okay, maybe we can budget in a certain way to make this 3% increase where it's not so horrible of a jolt to to their business practice. It allows them to grow with the growth of the minimum wage. I hear that in a lot of Western countries, like in EU, Australia, maybe even in America, the minimum wage is higher than 10 US dollars an hour. It depends on where you are. Each state has its own uh, minimum wage guaranteed to them. And I think California's is way higher than Texas, like 14 or $15 an hour. But again, I just look at like when I had a minimum wage job, I was a teenager or just barely getting out of my teen years. And that's because I was working and going to school. And if you work hard for a year, you get a raise and you're over minimum wage. I mean, when Michelle and I first moved here to Japan, we were making a little bit over the 2 million yen a year, and the two of us were living off of just my salary and still able to save. If people are smart with their money, they can make it work. They just want to keep up with their $1,000 phone, their unlimited data plan. They want to eat out all the time. They want to live in a really fancy, nice place. Like You can make a lot of things work as long as you're willing to make certain sacrifices of wants versus your needs. I think the problem is a lot of people start with the minimum wage in Japan, but the wages don't go up that much after years of working. So they, they still can't get out of poverty after several years. So maybe that should be the thing. Don't worry about raising minimum wage. Change the, the growth rate of promotions and such. Yeah, but even getting the minimum wage doesn't guarantee you a decent living in Japan, right? I heard in in some estimate that you have to earn more than 15 US dollars per an hour to make a healthy and cultural life in Japan. So eight US dollars per an hour is way below that line. It's possible. Stephen and I are not the people to talk to about yeah. that. Although we would also just turn off all of our lights and live in the dark so our electric bill wouldn't be. But we'd learn to 
scrimp and save, but it'll be important to see minimum wage try to increase, but then maybe also just kind of change that mindset or try to strive to increase your education so that you can move up and not stay at the stagnant minimum wages, you know, where you get that job and then you can move up and get supervisory level and, and get increases in pay. All right. Good question, Yasushi. Question number two. All right. A public high school in Kanagawa Prefecture, which is right next to Tokyo, their baseball team has started this interesting experiment, and they are getting a lot of attention from other schools. What is it? They're letting an audience member play with them each game. <laughs> That's an interesting one. I'd pay to see that. <laughs> um, they're doing co-ed baseball, like boys oh. and girls baseball. No, not thought about it, but no. That's too extreme for Japan. <laughs> How dare you mix them. the the baseball team is not shaving their heads. <laughs> That's oh, a good. Yeah, I think some schools are starting to do it, but no. This high school, Ichigao Koko, they have started putting in pitch limits. So the number of pitches the pitcher can throw in one game. And it depends on how many games they have to play in a week. If they have to play on consecutive days, the pitcher can throw only up to 35 pitches a game. If they have four-day interval in between the games, um, they can throw 100 pitches. So this can kind of help keep the pitcher's arm, like keep them a little healthier, right? Not wear them out. So the thinking behind this is there are a lot of injuries happening in youth baseball players. And one Japanese baseball star raised an issue at a press conference early this year that too many children are having surgeries because of throwing too many pitches. Holy cow! According to one survey in Kanagawa Prefecture alone, about 20 children uh, go through surgeries every year. Um, Jeez! Yeah, that's a lot. That's really, I mean, I know baseball is a very popular sport here in Japan. I mean, people out in Europe and America were like, oh, all they do is sumo wrestling or, or karate. <laughs> no, or things like, like, No, baseball is kind of the, the main sport here. Yeah, baseball and soccer. I think soccer's popularity is taking over and baseball's popularity is slowly declining. So that that's another <laughs> issue, right? So they want to they wanna keep the, how can I say? Keep it popular, keep keep, their people yeah. safe and, and still able to keep going. Right. I'm curious to know if like American athletes or the like the high school students, if they have some sort of rules or if it's like school-based, the principal or administration determines something like that. Because I have never heard of anything like that. Like I've heard of people getting injured during high school games, but never so much... Um, I, I had playing a, to where they, they got needed surgery. I had a student who had surgery on his arm uh, as a pitcher. Did they have a rule set in place? Um, I don't remember. I think they do try to have certain rules of how much you can do. I honestly don't know for sure. But I think, yeah, because I know in major leagues they do. They have certain things. But I think high schools also try to keep... There's a lot of rules and regulations on safety. So I'm pretty sure that's got to be one of them. Yeah, so the coach in this high school, he's got the, his idea from the Major League Baseball. The Major League Baseball has this pitch smart guidelines, you know, where they <clears> put <throat> restrictions on the number of pitches, you know, pitchers can throw. I think it's a good thing. But on the other hand, if you think about the high schools, high school baseball teams in the countryside, some teams only have 10, 20 team members. 
And if one pitcher can throw only, you know, 35 balls a game, you have to have probably three to three, four, five pitchers, right? And that's, that's going to be difficult. Probably you have to teach everyone how to pitch. <laughs> right? <laughs> everybody has to play every position in baseball just yeah. so you can give somebody a substitute yeah. or backup. Yeah, so some people don't like this idea. If you look at the high school summer tournament or spring tournament, which is we've seen a lot of legendary pitchers and they've thrown way over 100 pitches a game, right? So mm-hmm. if you start imposing this new rule, maybe we won't have as many great players as we've used to. Or you could have better players because their arm doesn't go as garbage sooner and they're able to, you know, learn and strengthen and, and help it grow. Oh, that's true. Good. I hope, I mean, I don't know much about baseball, but I've seen like other dancers where they've just destroyed their ankles dancing and such. So at least they're trying to help protect the children to where it's, I mean, having a surgery in high yeah. school is, is pretty intense to me. So I'm glad that they're trying to remove some of the anguish associated with it. I want to yeah. know if it's possible to have the pitcher pitch so many times that he has to be pulled out of a game and another one pulled in and then he pitches a ton and you just have it to where the entire team has all pitched and there's no one left to pitch and the game's still going. Then the audience member gets to join. <laughs> you really wanted that rule to come back. I really back. want that audience. This is why Steven doesn't play baseball. All right, uh, we have time for one final question. All right. So let's have this question, Yasushi. In March this year, a father who has sexually abused his daughter was found not guilty in the district court in Nagoya region, central part of Japan. Why? Michelle just made a face and she knows this story. I have not found guilty. I have honestly no idea. Like, wait, guilty of... Of rape? Yeah. Um, was it as a punishment? And so it fell into that thing we were talking about last time of, you know, parents are allowed to punish their children in certain ways. And, and that came across as punishment. Nope. All right, I'm going to put Stephen, you know, let him his brain rest a little bit. They he was not found guilty because according to Japanese law, that's like from 1910 or something like that. It's only considered rape if, oh, there's two rules. One I know is that you can reject it. I'm trying to remember the article now. But like if you you can reject the advances, so like you're not restrained or anything like that, if you have the capability to negate the advances, then it's not rape. And so is this, because it was his daughter, like, oh, she could have said no. But because of the mental anguish, you know, and it's your father and like, who knows what's happening in your brain and all of that. Am I right? Yeah, that's exactly right. So law is a little bit complicated, but basically the victim has to put up resistance. And in this case, her resistance was not strong enough. That's the ruling. That's crazy. But there's two there's two laws associated with it. One that you put yes. in existence. What's the other one? So the one <laughs> that's really complicated one. Did the person is conscious or unconscious? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So when the victim is drinking uh, too much alcohol or, or drugs and they lose conscience, that would be the the second rape. 
you have to show that the victim was unable to resist. So was unable to resist or didn't resist, basically, are the two things. If they didn't resist or didn't resist enough, it's not rape. Or if they couldn't. That's right. So the victim, the 19-year-old girl at, at that time, which was like two years ago, she didn't resist enough, although she could have. That's the court's decision. It's because she could have done it, you know. And from what I recall from the article was that it had been happening for years, like her entire... Since she was from junior high. Junior high, yeah. And, and like, kind of put up with it and all this stuff. And then finally she sued him. And then just the story, it's like, well, she, she could have resisted. She, oh she could gosh. have turned away his, his advances. His father also physically abused his daughter. So she was continuously threatened, right? And so wouldn't that have fallen under the category of couldn't refuse? Physically, she could have. Yeah, but like she emotionally and mentally, like she hurt, she was in danger if she refused. So she couldn't refuse it. Right. That's the prosecutor's claim. But the judge still thought that. Out of curiosity, are most judges in Japan male or do they all have female judges as well? They do have female judges, but I would say most of them are male judges. I was curious, it'd be interesting to know if it would have been different had it been a female judge or maybe a bunch of females on a jury or something like someone who could actually relate to the situation of the victim more than the perpetrator. Yeah, as a as a female living in Japan, you know, there there are some wonderful things about being in Japan and I feel very safe here, but because of the patriarchal society and some of the convoluted laws about what is considered sexual assault, what is considered rape, what is considered, you know, abuse type of things, that there's laws from I, I think it's 1910 was like the where that law came from, if I can remember the article correctly. But like yeah, they've had this law for over 100 years and have made no changes to it. And so like no. these women's rights are, yeah. I mean, that, that that I'm kind of getting worked up right now just thinking yeah. about it. I, I want to add that a lot of law experts were also surprised to hear this ruling. So they, they are not happy and prosecutors are appealing the court. That's good. Yeah. But in Japan, still a lot of law experts want to keep this law to prevent false accusations because they could easily say he tried to rape me, although nothing happened. Yeah, well, that's kind of uh, a thing that kind of started recently in the U.S. where people are, false accusations happen here and there. Most of the time, it's not really false, but it's kind of a he said, she said. And yeah. so it's it's really hard to determine. But I still think, yeah, that law is, that's, ugh. yeah, having having a ruling like that, I think that was quite a surprise to to many of my Japanese friends that that even to them, they're like, that that's not right. Well, maybe, especially as a child, maybe it, it'll go up high enough and it'll make it up to a high level in the Japanese courts where it'll eventually rule in her favor in a way that makes the law get changed. But had it ruled in her favor at a very low court, the law would not have changed. Maybe that's what could happen out of all of this. Yeah, I hope so. I think I think it's important as, as Japan is slowly progressing towards equality, I think, hopefully, for children's safety and such. Right. Wow, some very in-depth 
questions today, Yasushi. Hope, hope y'all go and enjoy some sunny weather after this conversation. I'm yeah. going to a baseball game, see if I can play. And I, I just want to add that Japan is not as bad a country as it may sound. <laughs> True. We, we all have this hidden underbelly. So, well, I... and, and news is always the interesting, crazy stuff that pops up. And so it's always yeah. going to be something more on the extreme. Well, with that, we are going to say sayonara. Uh, this was Amakara Japan with Yasushi, Stephen, and Michelle. We appreciate you listening with us today and hope you join us next week. Ja, matane. Matane. Thank you.